We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the friday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve fretch joined as always by dusty evely sarah keller and special guest matt schneidman what is going on guys sarah how you doing I'm good. It's it's weird that we are uh, having an episode on a Friday, but excited that Matt could join us and just you know, he's there every single day in Green Bay. So excited to get his perspective and a little inside scoop into what's happening over there. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped. There's football, you know, practice, uh, almost you know scrimmage. You got the Jets in town, so you got that to talk about. And yeah, talking to talking to Matt. Matt's. Uh, Matt's good. Matt's fine. Matt's a good person. We like talking to Matt. So yeah, ex- excited, excited to, I'll ta- to have I'll you I'll take on. fine. Fine is good with me. <laughs> yeah, Matt, thanks for joining us. How's it going up uh, up in Green Bay right now? It's going well. It's hot as hell out there, <laughs> but especially on the track. I, you, the Jets warm up on the shade side of the practice field, um, and the Packers do not. So I kind of just sat over on the Jets side and watched them warm up for 25 minutes so I didn't have to stand in the heat. <laughs> obviously I have to be, they always go over to the heat side. I actually, it was funny. Um, I walked into practice with Brian Gutekunst today and I said, why can't you, I asked him, I said, why can't you guys practice on the other side? Like the fans have already seen enough. He was like, I don't know. It's just one more day. I was like, whatever. <laughs> I forget did what he said. That's he not what to, he said. I just made that up. Did he I did actually walk in with him and I did say that. <laughs> send you but, to Buffalo to cover the bills or something. <laughs> No, I'm actually not going to Buffalo for the preseason game. I think my uh, option was um, take travel for a regular season game or travel to a preseason game and then one less regular season game. And I said, I think I'll take a regular season game and and not go to Buffalo. Seems like I, already li- I already lived in Buffalo. I worked there after college. I went to college up there. I don't need to go back. <laughs> Never want to go back to Buffalo again, right? No, <laughs> I, I, I'd be willing to go back there, but if it's at the cost of an, a regular season road yeah. trip, no thanks. <laughs> well, you kind of hit on it. Uh, Packers and Jets had a had a mutual practice today. There was actually some injuries coming out of it on both sides, some bigger ones on the Jets, but just give everybody some highlights, things you saw, takeaways, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I watched um, 
the Packers offense versus the Jets defense yesterday. We have our Jets beat writer in town, so we kind of split it up. And then today I watched the Packers defense versus the Jets offense. Yesterday, the Packers offense wasn't great. Um, it seemed like they were a lot better today when I wasn't watching them. Uh, that's where all the action seems to be going down. Obviously, Jets' best player towards Achilles today out for the season. That was kind of the main thing from practice today. But yesterday, my takeaways from what I watched yesterday, the Packers' offense wasn't too sharp, but they still you know, won the day against the Jets' defense. You can tell out there that one of these teams is competing for a Super Bowl and one is not even close. It's I get Maybe numb isn't the right word, but numb to watching the Packers practice every day, watching Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. Our Jets beat writer, Connor Hughes, came into town, and he's like, oh, my God, does Rodgers throw like this during warm-ups every day? I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, just the zip. He, he, it looks so easy. So I guess maybe we're spoiled uh, watching him every day. But, yeah, they were killing the, the Jets with slants. You know, him and Devontae were on different pages a couple times, but – I got to say, MVS is having a dominant camp. He had MVS uh, on a deep ball over Bless Austin, who's the Jets' young corner, then went back to it. Austin had a defensive pass interference. It's kind of – Rodgers has just, for the most part, been doing whatever he wants against the Jets' de- uh, Jets defense. And then today, Packers' defense, I would say, got the better of the Jets' offense. Jair Alexander picks off Zach Wilson over the middle on the second play of the day or second passing play of the day. Preston Smith is dominating these last two days. He had a play today where he just bull rushed George Fant, the Jets' right tackle, back into Zach Wilson, and Wilson almost fell over because he literally pushed him into him. Good Lord. Um, Chauncey Rivers, who they recently claimed off – I'm just trying to list the the standouts off the top of my head. Chauncey Rivers, the edge rusher who they recently claimed from Baltimore. He's a last-chance U guy. Obviously, Jair. Devondre Campbell's look good. TJ Slayton's look good. Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Dean Lowry didn't do any team. Kevin King has been extremely limited, so Eric Stokes has gotten those reps. Kavion Entos looked looked really good, had a, a really nice pass breakup and would have blown up a screenplay, obviously not allowed to tackle when the uh, the Packers' second-team defense went up against the Jets' offense during two-minute when the Packers didn't allow the Jets' offense to get anywhere. So overall, the Packers won both sides of the ball convincingly, but I think you'd expect that over these last two days. Did I read there was some like chippiness as well? Like I thought it was Cobb that made it mm-hmm. got mixed up with a couple of guys. Nothing too crazy though. Yeah, that wasn't on my field, so I didn't see any of that. Um, I was down at the far end, but it does. It did seem like it was Cobb and one of the DBs. Um, I'd be lying to you if I saw or know what happened because I didn't see it. But it seemed pretty tame. You know, apparently sure. Devontae Adams was one of the first ones over there. Uh, he was asked about it after practice and. You know, just said, I'm always going to be the first one over there for my guys. But what does it say about Aaron Rodgers that the guy he brings over gets into the first fight when he doesn't want fights? What a terrible GM he is. I do like there was that story about that fight. And you're like, oh, man, I hope it wasn't that big. It was a little scrum. And then there was the report not long after that. It was like the Raiders were flying out of joint practice a day early because everyone was just fighting on the field there. Right. So all and things Antonio are relative. Brown sucker punched someone in the face today. Tours I think the Buccaneers on, and Titans got into five fights. So all things considered um pretty successful and and <laughs> on a, on a serious note like Aaron Rodgers talked about it with us yesterday he obviously hated junk practices when they did them a couple of years ago you know Jay Sternberger got hurt there was a fight Trevor Davis got hurt during a live kickoff period mm-hmm. um with obviously the familiarity between the coaching staffs i think that you know helps some of that tension simmer down a little bit 
Um, I don't know how much, but I think both coaching staffs were very clear and they talked to each other before this saying, we are not fighting. Tell your guys that's not going to happen. So besides one, one little skirmish, um, it was all good. And yes, the Jets suffered two season-ending season injuries today. Packers did not suffer any. They got a couple guys banged up. I know you mentioned uh, the injury report, Steve. Dennis Kelly, Devin Funches left practice early yesterday. Kelly with a knee, Funches with a hamstring. Other than that, it's really the main guys, Lowry, Clark, Aaron Jones, um, Rashawn Gary kind of not doing team drills for precautionary reasons, but they're still dressing and doing individual stuff. And all the guys who got hurt yesterday, like every guy who's currently banged up or hurt on the Packers is out on the field watching or in uniform. So if it was serious, they wouldn't even be out there. Like when Randy Ramsey hurt his ankle, he was not even at practice. I haven't seen him since. So at least we know none of these guys are seriously injured. All right. Very cool. Well, I appreciate the, appreciate all the updates. I'm sure everybody's going to love hearing that stuff. Um, we've got a bunch of questions that we, since we have you a beat reporter and we just we want to pepper you with as many questions as we can, and then we'll Let's finish it. it up, finish it up with some fan questions from Twitter, but uh, I'll start first one. Um, this has been pressing on my mind all day since uh, Packers released their alternate jerseys. I'm, I'm very <laughs> big on Jersey. So I want to see, you know, it was it was hit and miss. Some people loved it. Some people hate it. Um, but I wanted to take, get your takeaway. What did you think of, of the new jerseys that they're going to be doing? Yeah, the, I, uh, I, I like them. You know, uh, I've never been a huge, like, freak out over jerseys guy, and maybe that's a bad take, but <laughs> I, I liked how they came out. Obviously, the colors are a little different from what they're selling than what was under the lights in the photo shoot. And I made the joke that, you know, it, they look like Oregon Ducks uniforms, but <laughs> I like them. I think um, – this organization is obviously steeped in rich history and they didn't just go bland with these. There, there seemed to be a little flair to them. And um, the general consensus seemed to be that they went over well with the fan base. So um, I, w- I was a fan of them. Uh, I, I still think my favorites are the all whites that they wear in prime time. Sometimes really, interesting. I'm interested to see, you know, I'm interested to see what pants they wear with these and yeah. what I guess they're going to be the green ones. The green pants, yeah, I guess so. If they're all green, I, I, I guess I'd put the whites and the all greens up there in a tie. The the regulars that they wear is my least favorite. It's not bad. It's just if I had to do a power rankings. But yeah, I was a fan. Okay, Dusty, Sarah, what were your reactions to it? I was a bigger fan of everything they released outside of the jersey. Like I love the aesthetic of it all. I think like some of the shirts they released and the pint glasses and shot glasses, the design of all that stuff, I thought I thought looked incredible. The the jerseys was definitely one of those. I saw it like. And I was like, that's, that seems fine. And then I saw them on the players. I was like, okay, that actually looks kind of cool, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on the jerseys. Jerseys look fine. I kind of like them just fine. I think the rest of the stuff they released, I think it, it I think it looks amazing. Yeah. It, it, it was better than I expected. I, I was, I was a little nervous. <laughs> People were hyping this up, especially Steve. So mm-hmm. I was, expecting- I was not hyping anything. I was, no, so he's I been said like- I was. I knew I knew I was going to be disappointed. He's been ringing the death bell like all off season. Like, oh, I can't wait till they release him so I can swear at him and stuff. But anyways, I thought Twitter was going to have a meltdown and everyone was going to freak out and say how much they hated him. And some people did do that. But personally, I didn't. I didn't find anything wrong with them. I didn't look at them and be like, oh, or anything. I, it wasn't anything over the top crazy. I like them. They're fine. Um, and they at least did something that it seems like most people in the fan base agree with, which is a rarity. So people were happy with it. So hit it, Steve, hit it, Steve. (laughs) 
Um, I was underwhelmed with them. Uh, they took something. And I think the reason that people like them so much is because all of their previous alternate jerseys have sucked so much that in comparison, these look good. The like, bar was the, low. The, it was super <laughs> low. And nobody else agrees with me. Like, no, no, the blue with the circle on it. They looked awesome. No, they didn't. They were horrible. They were all horrible. And you, like a brown poop helmet. It, like, it's all bad. But, you know, the all green and then the yellow helmet, like, I, it works a lot better than the all, all the other ones. So, in comparison, yes, these are nice. Like, they look clean, very simplistic. It's just one of those things that I kind of wish that the Packers would, instead of going back in history and just, you know, hitting that over and over and over, it doesn't have to be a throwback. It's an alternate jersey. You can, you know, tweak something. You can have a little fun with it. It's just very Packers to... Well, no, but it's, it's all in the tradition. It's all like, this was the jersey we had in the 50s. This is the jersey we had in 1919. Like, I'd like a little bit more fun. And Dusty, as you said, there's the, all their other stuff that they had. They brought out with, like, the GB hats and mm-hmm. stuff like that. To me, those are all worse. So I thought the jersey was the best thing out of all the stuff that they brought out. So. Fight you. I will fight you. And that jacket that you had, like the GB in the corner, you yeah. would look like a you would look like a security guard that would be at Lambeau Field. I look like and that anyway. You're, <laughs> you're okay then you get to that. go to all the games, so yeah. maybe that's exactly. not so bad. Yeah. The real loser. Yeah, <laughs> apparently me for not buying this. No, it'll be me shop. when I get in prison for impersonating a security guard. I will be the real loser then. Matt, is there a Packers jail? Is there a jail in Lambeau? Probably. I don't think so. I think you just. Um... They yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Throw you into the street, a la you go, the Simpsons. Yeah, you you would probably go to jail for impersonating a security guard, right? <laughs> I, so. I assume so. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how bad can Green Bay jail be? It's probably just a bunch of. You know, they have the Packer game on for people. everybody watching, yeah. like in jail yeah. and probably serving Coors Lights or something like that. So you know, you don't get too drunk. Sounds dope. Sounds when like do we good, start? Sounds like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Dusty, what you got? I was gonna say, okay, you've been you've been on the beat, uh, what two three years now, Matt? Third year. This will be my third. Okay, it's been weird, man. Like I feel like there's not been a normal year, normal off season, and I might be wrong on that uh, since you started. Um, how, I guess from your perspective, with you you coming, I know you you're out and out there with Gruden and all that stuff. With this year here, how weird was this off season? Um, in terms of what you've experienced so far, as far as like I don't know, stress or just general weirdness, and then what was your favorite part? of just all the insanity we had. It was definitely weird. You know, when I, when I covered the Raiders, I covered familiar name to green Bay fans, listeners of this show, Reggie McKenzie being fired mid season and John Gruden saying he wasn't even part of that meeting to fire him. Despite the fact that he made all the personnel decisions I covered <laughs> uh, at the Martavis Bryant, who at the time was a prominent player getting suspended for yet another drug test. I believe it was, um, then John, John, I obviously covered Gruden's hiring. I covered Jack Del Rio announcing his own firing at the podium after oh, yeah. the final game of the 2018 season when Mark <laughs> Davis wouldn't tell us himself. <clears throat> that was fascinating. And then J- the Jordan Love thing last offseason, I was still, I, in terms of a surprise scale, I was far more surprised that they drafted a quarterback because – I had heard throughout the season, you know, I never had enough to report something on the record, but I had heard that Rodgers was, you know, more unhappy than he was leading on. And looking back on it, you can kind of see the the jokes he was making, you know, the mm-hmm. 
the frustrations veiled with humor, you know, when he said, I hope Hackett doesn't go anywhere unless I do. And yeah. he poked uh, fun at Kumro. He said, last time I campaigned for a guy, he ended up in Buffalo, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, he was poking fun. And, you know, I had heard beneath the surface that stuff was going down. But And then that's why after the NFC Championship game, when he said what he said about, you know, nobody's future is being certain, myself included, a lot of people um, said, oh, you know, he's just – speaking emotionally well I, I wrote after that game and i'm not trying to get on my high horse here but i i wrote basically you know he doesn't know if he's going to be back and you know i was called the onion and <laughs> full of shit but i i on background i guess i knew that so basically what i'm saying is yes i was surprised that it came to a head as quick as it did on draft day um but i wasn't surprised as much as i was with the jordan love pick so um, definitely strange this off season. It was a pain, you know, I was at my buddy's engagement party, my best friend from college in Jersey this summer. And, you know, I feel bad having to check my phone cause it's a couple days before camp and what is Rogers going to do? Like I'm waiting on texts, I'm waiting on tweets. So it was more stressful than anything. So I would oh. say the best part was when I saw Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> arrive at Lambeau Field because I didn't have to worry about that shit anymore. I'm sorry, am I allowed to curse? Yes. Okay. Yes, you are. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it being over was the best part. I love that because all off season, that's all I wanted. Every week, I was like, we're yes. one week closer to getting an answer, and that's all <laughs> I hear about. At this point, I I don't, I'm not invested either way because it was just so tiring after a while. And I can't imagine how you felt like having to write about it pretty much every single day. And like you said, checking your phone and making sure there are no important updates. So kudos to you on that one. I'm curious what your predictions are just in general for the upcoming season. So maybe just a safe general prediction, what you think might happen, and then a bold prediction of something that might happen this year. I, I really think they could, they're could. they going to sleepwalk to the NFC North title again. Um we were joking, uh, Robert Mays, who, who um, works with us, does the athletic football show. He's a Bears fan, and he was in Green Bay doing some stuff the other day. And he said, oh, look, Tevin Jenkins just went down. The Packers locked up the NFC North. I said, no, the Packers locked up the NFC North when, when Aaron Rodgers showed up to training camp. And <laughs> I, I wrote several times before that, I think they would still win the NFC North if Jordan Love was their quarterback this year because they have that much talent around him. And I think Jordan Love could at least help them tread water at that position. And yeah, it obviously wouldn't help if David Bakhtiari was, is out for an extended period of time, which I still have no idea when he's going to come back. Like I really don't have any idea. Um, but yeah, I think the Packers go either 13 and four, 14 and three. I keep on having to add up to 17 instead of 16. <laughs> um, I, I think they're going to dominate I think they go undefeated in the division again. And uh, honestly, I don't say this because of the talent of team they have. I think it's just th there are only two ways this season ends. They either win the Super Bowl or because that would be the ultimate story of Rodgers comes back last season here, if it even is his last season. I'm not even convinced it is. Wins the Super Bowl, goes out on a high note. Or they're going to lose again in the NFC Championship game. They're not going to lose in the wild card game. They're not going to lose in the Super Bowl it's either going to be the storyline of, you know, three straight where the Buffalo Bills of NFC championship games or 
were the Super Bowl champions. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, strengthens his legacy and adds to the storybook season. So, uh, you know, what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the Packers are going to, and you can mark me down for this, win the NFC North at 13-4, and four, and the Packers will defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And that's my honest prediction. I honestly believe that. And then, oh, that was supposed to be my safe prediction. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. That was my safe prediction. My bold prediction. Let's see. My bold prediction is that this might be a little too bold. My bold prediction is that Kevin King does not start a game this season. Ooh. Okay. I don't know how much I believe that, but (laughs) that'll that'll make some a bunch of people on Twitter really happy. So yeah, I know. uh, Fascinating group out there, but um, all right. So some of your attire, let's say, has come under scrutiny recently. Um, So you've been pretty famous now. uh, One time, I think it was last year, for wearing a tracksuit, and then. You, you brought it back. You got another track suit, uh, a jumpsuit. Uh, I believe this one had tigers on it. <laughs> and uh, had, had an interaction with the quarterback about your Crocs and, and socks. And that made, like, national headlines. And, like, uh, yeah, it was like, good morning, good morning uh, football. Like, all this stuff. It was all over the place. So, is there, like, a history with you in jumpsuits? Is, like, did no. this back to college? Or is this just kind <laughs> no, of it didn't. Oh, that's so disappointing. No, what, what happened was, I, I don't know why, but I just wore a blue one to practice, an indoor practice in the middle of the season last year because it was, you know, the dull part of the middle of the season. So I was like, I'm, I think I saw it at the mall. I don't even remember where I got it. <laughs> and so I just picked it up. I was like, I'm going to wear this to practice. And I was said, oh, it's only going to be a one-time thing. So I was at practice, and Kevin King and Billy Turner – um said something and i was uh, i honestly was not like trying to get attention or whatever and then we go back and it was a wednesday so we go back we have rogers and adams on zoom and rogers unprompted i asked him a question unrelated and you know i had no knowledge that he had seen it he goes oh that was some sort of outfit you are out there and then Devonte unprompted again said I really like that tracksuit. You should get a gold one. So listen, here's my thing. <laughs> I have I have some friends from Syracuse. We're all journalists. We all wrote for what we consider the best student newspaper in the country. Some of them obviously take their jobs very seriously. And, and I don't blame them for that. I don't take myself too seriously. I think I understand that we're supposed to be objective. I think I do that. But, you know... Sure, maybe sometimes I'm trying to get a reaction from people, but I think people in this profession take themselves way too seriously and their jobs way too seriously. So I'm just trying to lighten things up. Then it became, you know, Devontae's telling me to get a gold tracksuit and I got another one or two. And then, yeah, the Tiger one might have been a little overboard, but whatever. <laughs> Tiger one's great. So I'll man. probably retire them for a little bit. But the Crocs thing, like that was the third time I had worn Crocs and sandals. So the reason I got those was because I have a good friend, shout out Will Zimmerman, one of my college roommates who's from Minnesota. His family lives in Wisconsin. He always wore Crocs. We would always give him crap because, you know, I'm from Connecticut, New York City. You know, we, nobody wears Crocs there. So he was like, no, they're comfortable. You got to try them. So I got a pair a couple months ago. 
and they're fantastic. Like if I just <laughs> want to go run a quick errand or I want to go pick up delivery from downstairs in, in my building, I don't want to have to put on socks and untie my shoes and tie them back up and whatever. Like I just want to slip something on. So one day I was like, I'm feeling lazy, just going to wear these to practice and with socks. And it was really hot out. So I didn't want my bare feet sweating. And I, I never wear sandals. I don't like having my bare feet out. So that's why I put socks on. And that was, like I said, that was the third time I had worn them. It just happened to be the day that Aaron Rodgers and the quarterbacks came over and did ball security drills right next to us on the sideline. So he kind of stopped and looked at me, looked at my feet, and I looked back at him. I go, what? He goes, the Crocs. And I go, what? I'm just trying to be comfortable. I'm mailing it in today. He goes, no, with the socks. I go, you don't need to see my bare feet out here. So then I jokingly tweeted that he was bullying me, which way too many people took that seriously as like an actual complaint. Um. And then he obviously responded, and we had a good laugh about it. The next day at practice, uh, he had his vet rest day, and he kind of snuck in the side of the Hudson Center and saw me and kind of did a double take, wanted to see what I was wearing. So it's all in good fun. We're just having having some fun, lightening things up uh, during the dog days of training camp. I guess the, the, the Tiger track suit, just, just, it's a master stroke. It's one of those where, like, you have to keep upping yourself. Like the next one, it's like, is it going to have frills on it? Like I I don't, you get some gold lace stuff on there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for whatever comes next. I know I got to um, lay low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done well, for a little bit. <laughs> it was, it was, it was bold. It was bold. I give you that. Um, this is not a question I was, I was planning on asking, but you know, you brought this up. Uh, I think Sarah's last question. And so you said you're not necessarily convinced that this is Rogers last year. Is that, is that due to, I mean, just the fact that I, <laughs> He's with this team. He's been with this team for so long, or is it kind of the uh, the structure they have around him? You mentioned some of the talent. Words like sleepwalking the NFC title. I mean, he could go a lot of different places, and they're not necessarily winning the title outright like that. Is it just based on the structure around him and the guys around him that you kind of feel that way, or just kind of the nature of of, of him and this team in general? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think it's the nature of him and this team in general. I'm getting a lot of vibes that, you know, and I really think it's genuine that he's not even thinking about what happens after this season. Like he told Peter King the other day at this time last year, he felt this was going to be his last season. And I, I feel this season is more of a, I know it's cliche, but I'm going to focus in a moment. He said the other day, you know, I'm not worrying about that. I don't want a farewell tour. Um, and I really believe that. I think a lot of it has to do with what they do around him. Do they extend Devontae Adams? Um, do they keep some of those pieces like Lazard and Valdez Scantling? And do they bring back Randall Cobb? What happens with Jair? You know, Zedarius Smith wants a new contract. Mm-hmm. Do they give that to him? So I'm sure there will be discussions, as they've alluded to throughout the season, of, of the future of this team. And I'm sure now Aaron Rodgers will at least be privy to those. Um, Listen, from my understanding, and it's not just uh, I'm sounding like I have inside information. I don't. This is just what he said in the press conference. He does not have any of the assurances that he wants from the team. Like from the outside, it seems that the Packers got desperate and conceded everything to get him back into camp. You know, I know the report said he gets to choose where he gets traded after this season, but Rodgers was asked that on the first day of camp, and he said, no, that's not my understanding. So I think uh, Rob Domofsky said, then what did they give you exactly? Like, why are you here? He was like, and essentially he said, I know what type of team we have. I love my teammates. I love my coaches. You know, I know what we can do this year. And he still has another, you know, I know, what is it? His contract doesn't have – three more years on it only has two. So mm-hmm. if this season ends and he goes, all right, I get along more respectfully, more professionally with Goody and Mark Murphy, still not great, but I'm here for the coaches and the team and we can still win a Super Bowl. Why would I want to force a trade to a team that has a far less chance of winning a Super Bowl? Because let's keep it real. Any team, any other team not named the Packers that has a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl already has a franchise quarterback that they're probably not going to part with, even if it is the right decision. Like would, I don't know, you know, the bills have a quarterback, the chiefs have a quarterback, the uh, Ravens have a quarterback, the Cowboys have a quarterback. You get my point. The Mm -hmm. Rams have a quarterback, like every Super Bowl contending team has a quarterback. So where is he going to go that has a better chance to win than here? And I think that's what he cares about at the end of the day. And, um, I do not want to revisit all that garbage yet. I want to fly to New Orleans, go to New Orleans for the first time, cover this season, and when this season ends, I will focus on that again. But, yeah, it, it's definitely something that isn't going to go away. Um, but I'm not convinced this is his last year yet. Interesting. I know that now you've been on the beat for a few years, and like we were talking about a couple minutes ago, you, like, you don't like to take things as seriously, maybe, as some of your colleagues. Um, and I know just throughout the years, there have been some funny moments and Twitter interactions. So I'm curious, maybe, what's your favorite interaction that you've had with a player, you know, maybe even a coach? 
um, mm-hmm. during your time in Green Bay? Because I know there's probably a lot of good ones. That's a fantastic question. Um, it was, uh, I guess, one recently. It was funny. Um, Justin Out and the, the tight ends coach, um, who seems to be beloved by everyone in, in the organization. Um, he's a Syracuse grad like myself. And before practice the other day when I was wearing that Tiger tracksuit, I know Rob tweeted a picture of it, but he came over to me and said, Syracuse called, they want their degree back. What the hell are you wearing? (laughs) So that was funny. But, um, you know, a lot of those moments, I will say, and I know this is kind of a cop-out answer, a lot of those moments come from just shooting the shit in open locker room. Like, we're in there for 45 minutes, five days a week. And what I like to do is, you know, three out of every four times I talk to a guy, it should be with my recorder in my pocket. Like, I don't want to be that guy who, you know, these players know me for the guy who's just going to stick a recorder in their face. Like, I love just shooting the shit with Jair way more than I do interviewing. Um, You know, he'll give me crap for wearing a Syracuse stuff because they pummeled Syracuse in college. You know, Jair called me over to his locker one time in 2019 after I had written something on him from a one-on-one I did with him, just like a, a nothing special, just a conversation, you know, before the playoffs on, you know, a, a wide variety of general topics. And I had referred to him as a rising star in that story. This was in 2019. He called me over to his locker the next day and said, my mom was not happy with what you wrote. <laughs> I, go, I go, what did I do? What did I write? He goes, you called me a rising star. She says I'm already a star. <laughs> and so I thought that was funny. And then I actually, when I interviewed his dad for a, a bigger story I wrote this past season, um, his mom was in the background and I got a chance to apologize to her. And she, she was like, oh no, she just laughed it off. Like she wasn't being serious. But um, those are a couple good ones. Obviously I've had a couple with Rogers. The tracksuit stuff was funny. It's just not the same over Zoom. Um, you know, we get funny reactions from all the guys. And, I mean, Rob's been taking the cake. I, I said to him, I said, you should really – because I, I was nervous. I did not know if that Bronson Kafusi joke would go over well. I did not know what type of mood Rogers would be in. So I suggested I, – I give Rob total credit for executing that to perfection. Being the asshole I am, I said, Rob, you should you should try this. You should try and make that joke. And he, we, we kind of brushed it off. And then I didn't know he was going to do it. So he just did that perfect timing. I think the video that I tweeted has like 600,000 views of that happening. Um, it's a it's tremendous hilarious. reaction. Just I mean, l- listen, I, I love, and I know Rob and I are kind of the main ones, kind of shooting the shit and mixing it up with the players. But going back to my point of taking it too seriously, like it not only humanizes the players, which is our job as reporters, but our job as reporters is to a develop a following and b interact with the readers and no reader wants to interact with some plain bagel stale ass reporter who doesn't interact with them and provide anything. And I, I think me doing that and Rob doing that, I know he's gotten some shit, but he's like the greatest guy ever um, helps people, you know, relate to us more and, and relate to the players more. And, um, I'm not Aaron Rodgers PR person, but if I have a, a funny interaction with him that can help lend some insight into who he is, who I am, then the more the merrier. Uh, I just overheard you say this is the first time you're going to be going to New Orleans. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Uh, see, do you like seafood? I'm not opposed to it. I'm not a huh. seafood connoisseur, a huge fan. I'm not picky about anything. I'll literally eat anything. 
I will tell you, uh, first yeah. time I ever went down to New Orleans, I wasn't a big seafood guy, but charbroiled oysters. Okay. I would sign, I would tell you down 100%. Like that was my favorite thing I had down there okay. all weekend. So, uh, I'm I mean, getting, every... listen, Steve, I'm just trying to make it to the game the next day. I want to be coherent <laughs> for the game the next day. I, I, I can't guarantee that's that's going to happen. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy. I don't need to be spending any extra time in the bathroom, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> during the game. I just want to be all there for that game. Maybe try it for lunch then. I don't know. Maybe try it for lunch. That's <laughs> yeah, not going to be pretty. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I talked about jerseys before because that's something I've always am curious about to hear what other people think. The other thing I wanted to talk about too was something that these guys make fun of me for. But do you have any idea why the Packers do not value the inside linebacker position quite as much as most other teams in the NFL? Like it they, just, make, it, they make it fun of you for that? That's a valid concern. Yeah. <laughs> National he never said it wasn't. Stop he just it. gets so upset about it. And... I, I understand that. Listen, so I, I'll ask you guys, since you guys have followed this team way longer than I have, who was the last playmaking inside? I'm not talking Blake Martinez making Nick a Barnett. play here and there. Nick, Nick Barnett. Barnett. Okay, that's the I, – I get Desmond Bishop a, a couple times. Um, but who's the last inside linebacker that you said other teams have to game plan around this guy? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's had to have been Barnett in my mind. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, even then, I don't think teams were like game planning around Nick Barnett. Like he was, he was very talented middle linebacker, but he wasn't. I mean, these guys now, you know, Fred Warner out in San Francisco making almost twenty million. Like these guys that are just uber talented, just lightning quick, and can do all these things. And we get like a sixth or a seven round draft pick every single year. We get undrafted free agents who's, oh, this guy's totally going to pop. Well, why wasn't he drafted? There's a reason he wasn't drafted. Right. And it's just every year over and over, or you get the, um, you know, who was it the guy from the Browns last year who was coming off of an injury? Um, you Kirksey. know, major... is that forgettable? Yeah, it's apparently. It's Kirksey. <laughs> Sorry. Kirksey. Oh, he did. He was, yeah, they game planned around him, I know. So, so they, they game planned to him. <laughs> So I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you've heard things around, but like, I just, to me, like, I can't wrap my head around why they like make the jokes, but like for 15 years, they haven't made it a priority to invest anything into it. That's a good question. I mean, I would say you're wrong, but I really think the second coming of Jesus Christ is preseason week one, Oren Burks. Did you see what he did last Saturday? That was unbelievable. No, but in all seriousness, you're right. I mean, maybe it's more because defenses i mean there are still some exceptions you know the darius leonards the bobby wagner's the fred warner's but teams would put 11 defensive backs out there if they could you know there's so much dime and nickel these days that i get the sense the feel that teams want those hybrid linebackers more than a straight up playmaking inside linebacker mike Petton would rather will redmond you know in the second tier <laughs> defense than then KJ Wright, or I, that's unfair because KJ Wright wasn't available last season, but you get my point. Um, I will say though, I think Devondre Campbell is going to be better than Christian Kirksey. I know it's kind of the second time they've turned the Shop, tires. Shopped in the bargain what, bin. What's the, what's the saying? Run the tires. Kick the tires. Kick, kick the, tires. the tires. Jesus Christ. <laughs> kick the tires on, on, a, on a veteran guy like that. I think he's going to be better. He's made some plays in camp early. Kirksey never really did that. 
And I'm not saying Chris Barnes or Kamal Martin is going to be that guy. Martin is, you know, he's injured again. He, you know, Bill Huber, my guy Bill, was noted that Martin was behind Oren Burks and Ty Summers and taking reps at outside linebacker, which is what they made OB do last year when he couldn't crack the rotation at inside linebacker. So it's going to be Campbell and Chris Barnes. I think they really like what they have in Chris Barnes. I'm not going to say he's going to be a Nick Barnett, but all they need there is is competence because, you know, they have a fantastic secondary. They have one of the best secondaries in the league, 75% of it. And if Eric Stokes turns out to be really – Devontae Adams doesn't just throw this around. He compa- He said Eric Stokes – today he said Eric Stokes remind me of Jair Alexander. I, I asked him, you know – and I'm no, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I, I asked him, you know, you've told us that story about when you cooked Jair off the line during one of his first practices in 2018 and how you really gained respect for him and could tell the kind of player he was when you saw him in his iPad looking at the play after practice. What has Stokes been like since you and Rodgers have been just bullying him? And he said, you know, Stokes reminds me a lot of Jair in terms of his, you know, mentality you know, his, his skills, he's fast as hell. He's been coming to me, asking me how to get better, telling me to keep working him so he can get better. And that's why I say I think Eric Stokes is in contention to start, even if Kevin King's healthy. Um, they could have a great secondary. And then the defensive line, TJ Slayton's going to play over Tyler Lancaster at some point this season. And as long as they can be competent in the second tier and – the Smiths can at least try and defend the run and set an edge, then I think they'll be just fine with Barnes or, or Campbell. But yeah, I, I just don't know if they feel the need to get a guy like that in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't make their defense even better. That's just right. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so my, uh, it's something you touched on Matt, but if you want to expand on it a little bit, I mean, the, the, you know, last year we're in a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard we're in a pandemic. Um, you've talked about, I mean, one of your favorite things you just talked about was being in a locker room and just hanging out and talking to those guys. How much has that changed being back at like, how much do you appreciate that this year? And how much do you have a, a just a better feel for the team of being able to be around those guys a little bit when you weren't yeah, it, It's, it's better. And, you know, Rob and I were talking about this the other day just getting a f- like we have the thing where Stokes and Shamar are fighting over who gets the snacks for the yeah. DBs. Like we're talking to Mike Smith about falling out of a treehouse and breaking his arm. We're talking to <laughs> Kenny Clark and MVS about, you know, MVS calling Kenny fat every single day on Twitter saying he's built like an air fryer. <laughs> we're still not in the locker room. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know if we ever will be again because team PR staff see that, you know, it works just fine from their perspective for us not to be in there. So, you know, if I was in their position, maybe I'd do the same thing. I'm obviously biased because I'd love to be in there. Um, it is still a little tough because you, you can't – listen, if I want to get a quote from a player but not hint to any of the other writers what kind of story – like, if, if I'm talking to a couple players about a story during a normal year, I go up to them one-on-one in the locker room so no one else knows okay. I'm writing that story because that's just how we do it. And But now, the only chance I have really, because I'm not going to get one-on-ones with everyone, um, I have to ask it during a press conference. And everyone knows what story I'm writing on, and, you know, people probably won't snatch my story, but it just kind of takes the luster away from it a little bit because all the fans can hear what stories I'm working on it and one of my favorite parts of a story is, you know, just dropping a story you've been working on without anyone knowing about it. And 
that kind of adds to the interest around it. And, you know, if I build up a feature story and everyone hears what I'm working on, everyone expects it to be like this grand, awesome thing. And then if it's not, because I'm not that great of a writer and everyone's disappointed. <laughs> so I, I would still really prefer locker rooms, but um, being in the press box, uh, I've, I've been fully vaccinated for a while now, you know, being in the press box without masks and, I'm not trying to say, oh, screw masks, but it's just nice to see people's faces and talk to people and not always have to worry about that. Um, And being in the same room as guys. Yeah. That has been better. Still not great, but I can't complain. I'll I'll take it. You talked a little about Stokes and how he could potentially be, you know, in the mix pretty early on this year. But so he could be, you know, a good answer for this question. But who's someone that you think could be a surprise for the Packers this year that people aren't really expecting? Yeah, I think the answer to that is Royce Newman. I think um, he has gotten all the first team reps at right guard the past two days. LaFleur said today he's going to start at right guard on Saturday. Um, it seems they're really giving him every chance to earn a starting spot. And not necessarily over Patrick or Runyon because yesterday Runyon took all the uh, – or Runyon was the first team left guard today, Patrick was. But the constant among the starters at guard has been Royce Newman. And obviously, you guys have heard that nobody was happy with how the guards protected specifically in the run game last Saturday. Um, So they're they're really trying everything out at guard. And if there's one team who can draft and develop mid-round offensive linemen, it is the Green Bay Packers. So I think there's something to Royce Newman. I'm no O-line expert, so I'm going to defer to the coaches, and it seems like they like what they see in him. Kind of came out of nowhere. You know, we saw Ben Braden getting some reps with the ones. He had kind of been a cast-off for his first couple years in the league. I'm trying to think if when David Bakhtiari comes back, Royce Newman could still start. If he's the guy that is not being subbed out of that guard rotation or, or that guard experiment right now, could it be Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Newman, and Turner? Or would they just put Jenkins back at left guard and then Patrick or Runyon at right guard? Like, I honestly think I know an offensive lineman isn't the attractive pick there, but we know how much offensive linemen are important to this organization. Um, and I think Royce Newman could be that that sleeper pick for this year. You stated when the uh... – about the practice that you know it's it's very two very different teams like the Jets are kind of bottom of the barrel Packers have this like almost Super Bowl ready team so there's not really a whole bunch of like roster spots available there's a lot of solidified already so out of what's going on I mean they still have 85 people there are there any like roster battles that you really are intrigued by just to kind of see how it all kind of plays out um, with with the few spots that are available Yeah, let's go through it real quick then. So quarterback, obviously nothing to debate. I think they're going to cut Ben Kurt, but I don't see anyone. Unless he throws for 97 touchdowns on Saturday, I don't see anyone claiming him and keeping him on their 53. Um, So I think he comes back on the practice squad. Running back, I think Kylan Hill's got that locked up. I think they're only going to keep three. Wide receiver, six. I give the edge to Funchess now. I had Winfrey ahead of him, but, you know, he's hurt. And, you know, as Brian Gutekunst said the other day when I asked him, it, you, you, your case is hurt when you're injured. You can't show what you can do. And if, if you say, yes, but, but you need a guy who can play special teams and Funches doesn't, well, you can find special teamers a lot of other places. You can find plenty of special – if you keep five inside linebackers, then you have two special teamers in Burks and Summers that can strictly focus on special teams because they're not going to play on defense. Um Offensive line, 9 or 10. I think the only question there is 
Um, does is Patrick a cap casualty if he doesn't get a starting job? And it, does that last spot go to Josh Nyman or Cole Van Lannen? I don't I don't think it matters specifically because you know their their third tackle is Elton Jenkins and they also have Dennis Kelly, so it's not like a Rick Wagner deal where he's going to play after one injury. Um, tight end I think is interesting, but man, if you heard Justin Outen talk about Jay Sternberger. You just think there is zero chance Jason makes this team. It's it's difficult because he obviously has potential, but it seems with him reading between the lines that the issue is off the field. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the the driving under the influence situation. I'm talking about the playbook. And we asked Justin out and where's Jace at? And he said or or no, we asked him about that thirty four yard catch he had from Jordan Love during the first game, and he basically said that's not the whole player. He's been really like He's been really sporadic in practice. He's got to get in the playbook and learn that. It's year three for him. He's got to get a grasp of that. It's like he went out of his way to not trash a guy, but talk down on him, and rightfully so. He has all the right to do that. And the next question was, it's year three in the playbook. How is he still learning the playbook? Like, it seems to be the the intangibles with him. So I'd go Daphne, Deguara, and then obviously Tunyon and, and Lewis, and then I'm interested to see who wins that fourth edge rusher spot. Obviously going to be mainly a special teamer. It's going to be Tipa or Chauncey Rivers or Jonathan Garvin. I think that's crowded battle. And then at corner, I think they keep, I was going to say KB on Ento over Josh Jackson, but I think it's, <laughs> I think KB on Ento makes it over Kadar Holman. And then at safety, I don't see any reason Will Redmond needs to be on this team other than veteran special teamer, but wish they need more of. So I would say they keep five safeties, and it's either Innis Gaines or Henry Black for that last spot. So no attractive roster battles, just stuff that really hardcore Packer fans like yourselves would appreciate. Well, give me uh, – I, I know you wrote a little about MVS, and I know I've seen a whole bunch of stuff you know, about how his hands are looking in camp. And you know, year four, it's his last year under his rookie deal. And I think you wrote something about uh, kind of – not necessarily projection, but how just a little more consistency out of him, maybe maybe less less boom and bust, but maybe a little more game in, game out. Like, what kind of season do you, based on what you've seen so far, what kind of, I, I've been super high on him, but what kind of season do you really see out of him? I'm looking at my phone because I'm pulling up the exact quote Devontae Adams said about MVS today because I want to read it. You know, Rob asked Devontae, you know, he said, you know, maybe this isn't a good time to ask this because he dropped a pass today for like the first time all camp. And it would have been a wide open. It was like your classic MVS drop. Um, but he's probably been the player at camp so far. Uh, I would definitely say so. And Devonte said, well, actually it's a perfect time to ask that question because I think he's in a good spot right now where, you know, 2015, I obviously had struggles catching balls in the games for whatever reason. And I think the confidence issue made it tougher coming back to the next ball because of that. But I think where he is now and what he's done so far during camp, how he ended the season last year has put him in a good spot to where now if I go out there and drop a ball, I'm not going to catch every ball. So if I go out and drop a ball, it's like, damn, I just dropped that. So basically he's saying he doesn't worry about that. And MVS, MVS will always say he always has confidence. He always said that, but everyone else said it's a confidence thing with him. So dropping balls affects your confidence. So essentially what Devontae Adams says, as cliche as it sounds, MVS has all the confidence in the world right now. You can tell his hands are so much better. Um, He's doing a lot more than just running straight and running past people. He's going to be the clear number two for this team. He's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of catches. And I honestly think um, he's going to price himself out of Green Bay. 
Well, which I think I, which I think everyone knows is coming. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that's that was the thing. You either sign him to an extension now and hope you can get him for cheap before his breakout, or you're not affording him if he if he does something else. So. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll wrap up our questions with um, a fun one. So, if you could eat dinner with three Packers players or coaches, who would it be and why? Dinner with well, players or coaches. Yeah, you can you can do okay. a mix. Um, that's a fantastic question. If I could eat, well, I will say I have sat next to John Gruden at a dinner table at a steakhouse for three hours before and drank wine. So that was fun. So I would have to pick someone (laughs) along the lines of as, as bubbly of a personality as him. Mike Smith definitely is one. He's fantastic. Ah, this is tough. I would say Jair is number two. I just think he's a really interesting guy, and, and I really enjoy talking to him. And I think Bakhtiari would be number three. You know, I'm just going for personalities, good conversationalists, guys with interesting stories, guys who you can just shoot the shit with, and they're jokesters like myself, and you can just talk whatever for as long as you want. I would go Mike Smith, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander. Final answer. <laughs> Locked in. Who would yours be? I want to hear yours. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Um, now you put me on the spot. I, I definitely think David Bakhtiari would be in the mix just because he seems like a lot of fun. Um, hmm. Who else? Cliche, but Aaron Rodgers, I think just to That's understand fair. him. Like you yeah. guys are with him and you kind of understand his vibe and nope. who he is. Still don't. No? Okay, so there you go. <laughs> At least I would try to understand him and ask questions and whether he would answer them or not. I don't know. This is a completely hypothetical situation. (laughs) So, um, and then probably Hackett would have to be the third, just because I feel like putting the three of them together would be chaos and it would be really entertaining. So, yeah, I didn't think about the combination of, of them, but that's a good point. Those were a good three. All right, so we've got some fan questions coming from Twitter, so we're going to jump into some of those. Um, first one, there's a couple of them that, you know, normally we'd try to handle as well as we could, but since we have you, we'll just let you answer these ones um, since you cover the team way more. Uh, first, based on the media coverage, it sounds like the Packers substantially outplayed the Jets. Is that a reflection of how good the Packers are or just how bad the Jets are? I think it's a combination of both. The Jets are a rebuilding team. They... You know, they didn't have Elijah Moore. They Quinnen Williams was limited. Carl Lawson obviously went down. But listen, the Packers have arguably the best player in the NFL at their respective position at four different spots. I know Bakhtiari didn't play, but Jair had a really good camp. Preston Smith had a really good camp. Rodgers, Adams, Tunyon. Like, the Packers just have too many superstars. They're in a class of their own. I get that they did this because of the, the coaching connections, but... The Packers are just too good. Uh, I, I would honestly say it's more because of how good the Packers are. Um, and it's fascinating to see the Packers not just practice against themselves, but how they stack up against another team. And the Jets are going to be a bottom 10 team again. The Packers are going to be a top top five team. And I think these past two days was accepted. But I'd say more Packers than Jets. All right, next up, uh, we got a question from Matt Pickett. I know the three of you usually shy away from this question, and we're going to again, Matt, because we have Schneidman, but uh, 
while we're in it, who do you think the next five players cut will be this Tuesday? Oh, and we also we normally get food questions as well. So speaking of cuts, what is your favorite cut of any kind of meat? So Matt, go ahead. You can take the who's going to get cut question because you know you're a little bit closer to the team than us. Um, that's tough. Is there one or two that you would that you would think maybe? I'm just, and this is going to be disrespectful to these guys because this, you know, I could probably group together a bunch of guys that are at the bottom of the roster. So this is me just picking random names. Um, I'll go JJ Molson to get a, a specialist out. Josh Avery, defensive line. Hmm. I'll go Chris Blair, wide receiver. I'll go. Koi Kronk and Jacob Capra at offensive line. Dusty's going to be very disappointed sending home Kronk. <laughs> you didn't see that coming. I'm sorry. No, he was my he was my early pick, but it was because his name reminded me of a character from I think you should leave. Uh, so that's that was pretty much my that was my. Favorite, so. <laughs> and then Matt, your food questions. Uh, what's your favorite cut of any kind of meat? That's a great question. I love salami and pepperoni i know those are more like i know i'm not giving the oh, steak or whatever i'm a big fan of steak i'm a big fan of pastrami i'm a big fan of salami those are my three go-tos on the second tier is probably ham turkey i know cheese isn't me but i'm, I'm just talking <laughs> slice i'm talking slice stuff you live in Wisconsin now, so just a nice prime cut of cheese. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm just talking slice stuff now, but I'm from New, New York, so pastrami's uh, pastrami's meat, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Jesus, uh, I saved myself there. I'm not a real food connoisseur. Kind of Are you sure yeah. you're from New York? <laughs> pastrami. I didn't know if it was like a. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna not dig myself a deeper just, hole. Just move on. Just move on. <laughs> Pastrami. Yep. Okay. Final answer. <laughs> All right, Sarah. What's your favorite cut of meat? Probably just steak. That that would be like my top choice. I think you know steak. Yeah. That I don't know. I I, I thought only Matt was answering. Again, you caught me off guard. So. Um, <laughs> well, the, these are the Twitter questions. We normally answer the Twitter questions. I didn't ask you who you think's gonna get cut. True. <laughs> No, I'll go with steak. So your favorite cut of meat is steak. Just steak. Well, like, just I don't care what kind. Like that's true. Her favorite restaurant's a cheesecake factory. No, they it's pro- not. they don't have they don't have cuts of meat there, so it's okay. Dusty, what about you? Man, I've been working from home for like two straight years, which which is great because I get to see my family, but also because I'm by my smoker. So I'm just gonna go pork shoulder because we've been doing a whole bunch mm. of pulled pork, and uh, it's just it's not the best, you know, cut of cut of meat. But I've grown quite fond of it these past two years. Some outstanding answers here. It's not the best meat, but it's uh... <laughs> it'll 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 do you in a pinch. It'll, it'll What's the best cut of meat? Well, it's not the best, but <laughs> you said cheese. You said no, cheese. Like, you don't. Know? No, I did not. Saying steak. I'm like at least cut I it out. <laughs> it is a podcast that can be cut, so we should be we should be okay. Uh, I will go bone in fillet. That's my favorite. If uh, you know, if I've ever had a steakhouse, that's normally my go-to. It's uh, it gives it a little bit more flavor than just a fillet. So, uh, so one one out of four actually answered the question. Sorry for that, Matt. Next up, our friend Aaron wants to know if you were an item at the Packers Pro Shop, what would you be? 
So, man, I don't know if you're ready for that. If you want to no, take a little time to think about suit. it, I got to think. Do they do they sell full jumpsuits? I don't at think the so. Pro shop? Probably not. All right, Dustin. I'd probably, we'll... be, a, oh, I'd probably be a cheese head. Okay, just a nice cheese head. Yeah, I'm. I'm a and pint glass. Cheese. Yeah, there you go. Pint glass. Dusty's a pint glass. glass. Okay. Yeah. Sarah. We were talking about this earlier, and I'm just going to lean into the joke and beat you to it, and I'll just say I'm like a kid's jersey or something because that's what you guys would say. So, <laughs> don't they have like a like a toddler set of like a little plate and yeah, a little fork and a spoon? Mm-hmm. I knew Again. it was coming. I Give could me. have said anything else, and it would have been brought back to that. So I, that's why I just beat it up. Front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this for a couple of years. Uh, you, it's been a while, but uh, I think I would be a quarter zip just because I own. That's like all I own. Those are all the shirts that I have. I have polos and quarter zips, and the amount of times that I come home with a new one, my wife looks at me and goes, "Seriously, another one? That that's what you decided to get today was another? Yeah." So, quarter zip for me all the way. Um. Dusty, I think this one is a little bit more meant for you from Jacob Westendorf, but what are you doing on 919? Yeah, so 919, it's a uh, uh, game on Wisconsin. The folks from Game on Wisconsin are doing a meetup over at Green Bay Distillery. So it's the night before the home opener against the Lions. And I know Jacob's going to be there uh, and a whole bunch. I don't know the full list, but I know there's a bunch of Game on Wisconsin people are going to be there. And I'm hoping to be there as well. I just actually finalized today. I'm going to be up for the Lions game. and I'll be up the day before. Um, I think I'm... I think I'm rooming with Ross Uglum for the weekend. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. I've warned him that I snore, so we'll see. But yeah, um, the night before, I can't remember the time uh, over at Green Bay Distillery that on uh, September 19th, if you don't have plans, a Green Bay Distillery and the Game of Wisconsin crew is going to be there, and it should be a lot of fun. Very cool. Next up, Jordan Walsh. Uh, which Packers are you targeting in your fantasy drafts this year? Devontae in round one, Aaron Jones in round two, Aaron Rodgers in round six to seven, and Tunyon in round seven to eight. So, Matt, are you uh, do you ever do fantasy football? Oh, I won my league last year because of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. So, um, it was uh, I actually was going up against Devontae Adams in the finals, and I won a thousand dollars in my league because nice. uh, Stephon Diggs actually won me my league. I should say, but. <laughs> Yeah, if if Devontae Adams is on the board and I have anything after pick one, you know, if I have pick one, I'm taking McCaffrey. But anything after that, I have to have Adams as a serious consideration. Dusty, you were just on a fantasy football show, correct? I was, but I'm bad at fantasy football. I mean, mine. <laughs> I think my answer, and we and we touched on them a little earlier. I like to take you know some flyers on guys late. It's tough because I'm in like one league, and it's a work league, and I've got some irrational Packers fans in there that always take guys like four rounds higher than I have any reason going. So it kind of sucks. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm hoping uh, I take a flyer on MVS this year. You know, he's always been boomer bust. I think I've had him every single year, but I never have confidence starting him because one game he's going to catch five balls for a hundred some odd yards and two touchdowns. And then the next game he'll be targeted twice and he'll drop one of them. Like, so it's just, I never have confidence doing that, but I feel like this is the year he's putting it together. I don't know how many other people's eyes are on him in that league. And so I'm hoping uh, kind of a, a mid to late round flyer on MVS in, in the hopes that he kind of puts it together this year. I like that. You stole my answer because <sighs> MVS is my flex player um, every now and then last year. And it, it totally worked out. Um, I just kind of lucked out and picked the right games. And after hearing, you know, how well he's been doing in camp, I was like, Hmm, that's probably another pick I'm going to make this year. Because again, <laughs> like you said, he's not on everyone's radar. Yeah. Like some of the other guys are so, but Hey, guess I'm not the only one with that idea. So I might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and out of the group that Jordan suggested, I think, I mean, can't go wrong with Devontae round one because uh, you know, like, obviously, <laughs> Rodgers kind of prefers to go there if he can. So not going to doubt that. But I think value-wise, I would say Tunyon in round seven or eight just because outside of Travis Kelsey and maybe one or two other tight ends, man, that, that group, is you never know what is going to happen. So if you can get Robert Tunyon, who's going to catch hopefully like 60-ish balls, but, I mean, the fact that he just doesn't drop it. He ever, doesn't drop anything. Ever. Like, never drops a ball, and you can get him, and he's going to get – he gets looks in the red zone, like gets looks in the middle of the field. I mean, he's he's probably one of Rodgers' favorite, favorite targets. So, get him in round six, uh, seven, or eight. Like, that's a pretty decent value for fantasy. So, um, but I do – like, I like any of those – any of those rounds that you're getting the the – the guys Jordan suggested, I think those are all those are all wins. So, pretty much personal preference at that. Uh, Brian Hartstead, what position um, has the thinnest depth and the biggest risk of derailing the Packers' season? Uh, Matt, what do you think? I'd say defensive line. Um, they haven't really done much to improve the depth or upgrade the front end of that position the last two years, other than say, hey. Kingsley Kiki, make another jump next year. Lowry, make another jump next year. I think Slayton's going to be a nice piece, but I still think um, that unit doesn't have much depth, and if Kenny Clark goes down, they're screwed. Dusty is shaking his head in agreement. No, I mean, that's what my – I mean, Steve's thing is inside linebackers, and my thing is you don't invest premium in inside linebackers because if you have a good defensive line, you can get bodies that can – approximate what an expensive inside linebacker does. So right. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, like you said, I think, I think Lowry, God, Lowry's Lowry. Kiki maybe makes a jump, but like you said, if it's, if Clark goes down as far as depth, like everything else could go perfectly. If Clark goes down, it's screwed because you don't really have a whole backup plan. So that that's absolutely my number one spot. Yeah. I was, I was going to argue quarterback, but from what Matt said, you think even if, well, that's if- obvious, that's a cop-out answer. <laughs> Oh, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, that's going to derail the season. Thanks, Steve. I didn't know that. I love it. I'm not here to break down all the analysis. That's why we brought you here. Oh no, Steve, you're off the show. Matt's Matt's on the show now. I think he just he just took Captain Obvious over here. (laughs) Quarterback is not allowed as an answer for that question. Fine. Then Dusty stole my answer. Then I'll go with that. Uh, okay, I think we've got one more coming up here. This will uh, this will test some of your um, your Packers knowledge, but uh, we've got one uh, who wants to know: Would you prefer to have Nile Diggs or Wayne Simmons? You guys know I just started covering the team. In the summer, <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I've heard. Okay, at least you've you've heard the names, right? I'm not opt out of that answer. Wayne Simmons isn't. It doesn't he play for the Philadelphia Flyers? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Wayne yeah. Moving on. We're done. I know Wayne. I know Wayne Larravee. That's the only. Yeah, Wayne Simmons plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Come on, stop trying to trick me. <laughs> Dusty, feel I, for just. I, I decline to answer that question. 
Yeah, no, Wayne Simmons played in the 90s, and he was a lunatic. I think he died in a car wreck uh, late oh, late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. My apologies. No, no, you're, no, but also Wayne Simmons <laughs> does play for uh, for a hockey team. No, yeah, Wayne Simmons was a lunatic, dude. Like, he would, he'd want to start fights, but he came flying in like a bat out of hell, man. My, I like Niall Diggs, but yes, Wayne Simmons was, was an absolute madman on the field. It was like if Antonio Morrison um, was better, that was kind of, uh, <laughs> that was, that was uh, Simmons. Oh, so... Wayne Simmons played until 1997 mm-hmm. for the Packers. Okay, mm-hmm. good. I remember that. I was two years old, so I have a good memory. <laughs> of that. I wasn't even alive. Like, what? You guys are I'm terrible. 26 years old. I don't like either of you guys. <laughs> Matt was like a toddler. I wasn't even, I didn't even exist. Like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Okay, well, we've just dated ourselves, Dusty. That's, that seems like a good place yeah. to end. My, my mom like and dad were like, my mom and dad were like, do you want to play with your blocks and your toys? I was like, no, I want to watch Wayne Simmons right now. <laughs> you see my power ranges here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them in offensive sets and run some plays for them. Well, uh, no, as always, man, thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Got some great info and, you know, backstories on all of your on your clothing, which is, you know, the breaking news that everybody needed to. But boring stuff. But thank you again for coming on. Um, what we like to normally do, end the show with some closing thoughts. So let you go first. If you got anything you want to talk to, you know, kind of promote, tell people about uh, article that might be coming out soon. Now's a, now's a little time if you got anything you want to. I got nothing. I love coming on your guys' show. I, I will say, I won't say what story it's about. I did sit down with Brian Gutekunst and John Eric Sullivan for 20 minutes each the other day. So that'll be probably before the regular season sometime um, a story I'll have coming out. But other than that, you guys have any ideas for what I should write next? <laughs> <laughs> what am I writing tomorrow? I'm ta- I, I, I'm off tomorrow. We're off tomorrow. Instead um, of, instead of a 2021 or a 2021 53 man roster projection, do a 2022 oh. 53 man <laughs> roster projection. Way too early. Roster. Oh. The way, yeah. The way too early. Please. I mean, I'm I've not already... thinking about the 2022 season <laughs> until freaking March. Mock drafts are always a thing, too. Oh right? my I mean... god! I don't want to hear the word mock draft again ever. What you did, you you shouldn't have asked us for ideas. That was really it's your fault. Yeah, that this that, is, is, that is my fault. I dug my own hole there. Yeah, if you ask us, it'll be like, oh, what Oreo is every Packers player, and then you'll have to write a story. Actually, that's about not that, oh, that's my fault. Compare every player to a, a Packer player to an Avenger. That would be another thing that we would. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know any Avengers, so I would be able to do that. Dusty and Sarah both look I'm away. About to get, I'm about to get kicked off of this show and never invited back. Favorite cut of meat is cheese. I don't know when you said that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said pastrami. <laughs> They may just give you homework for before you're allowed back on the show. <laughs> That's fair. I'll do it. Uh, Dusty, what do you got for us? Uh, it's the season, so I don't have anything planned, which is good. I've got a piece that hit Cheesehead. Oh, what day is today? It's throwing me off that, that this is the Friday one. That came out this past Wednesday that I just looked at three plays? Three plays from this past week. So a couple dagger concepts. One that was the Sternberger one we talked about earlier, an A.J. Dillon check down, and then uh, kind of a not a huge look, but kind of a broader look at, at the defensive scheme as far as like what that five line five kind of eagle front on the line kind of gives you in terms of 
how linebackers are reading that and how you can kind of manipulate coverages. So that was out in Cheesehead on Wednesday. Um, kind of a shorter piece than what I do in season because it's the preseason and I'm I'm tired, man. I'm just I'm real tired. So uh, I'll have another one, you know, after the preseason game. I think on uh, Wednesday this next week. But unlike the off season, I don't have anything planned because I got to wait to see what happens in the game, which is uh, which is kind of exciting. So uh, so yeah, read that piece on Cheesehead uh, that I put up this past week, and then uh, I guess look out for something next week. I am excited because I booked my trip to Green Bay this week. So my dad, my boyfriend, my brother, and me will all be going up um, for week four against the Steelers. So really excited to come back. Um, It's been a while. And at first, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And then it was my mom's birthday this past weekend. And we went to dinner. And I had this whole plan where I was just going to throw it out there and be like, this is a really good weekend for us to go don't have a lot going on with work I think I can get some days off so at dinner I just kind of put it out there and then my dad was like okay like maybe I'm like it would be fun if we all went together and (laughs) we could make a trip out of it Um, and then the next day I drive back to Orlando and he's texting me he's like so here are some flights that I was looking at and here are seats so (laughs) I convinced him so I'm excited that we're going so um, you know who knows it could be maybe Aaron Rodgers last year, maybe not, who knows, but just excited to go back with doing the stadium tour and all of that. So it'll be a good time. And then of course, after the game on Saturday, or I will have a recap up on Cheesehead TV. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, and just excited. We're getting closer to the season. I know we're always excited, like, Oh, preseason is here. Finally football. And then we watch preseason. And it's super boring. And we just can't <laughs> wait for the regular season to start. So there is nothing boring about Kurt Benkert. Five touchdowns, please. Yeah, I mean, if that happens this weekend, I'll be so happy. There will be so much good stuff to write about. <laughs> when you score, when the Packers only score one touchdown and then the Texans just hit field goal after field goal after field goal, it doesn't make for a very exciting game recap. So hopefully there's a little more action this weekend. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else just besides thanking Matt for coming on. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Matt Schneidman. We've got at Sarah Kelher 4 at Dusty Evely, at C. Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. Um, go get your vaccination shots so everybody can go to the games and have a lot more fun in the world. Thank you guys for listening as always. We'll catch you next week. And as always, go Pack Go! gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details